You're listening to LaxRecords.com Podcast, Episode 16. Today we're talking with Derek Tony of Varsity Sports Network, and we're digging into the Maryland lacrosse scene. So let's get started. Hey everybody, Mike here. Welcome to the LaxRecords.com Podcast. Today we're digging deep into the Maryland lacrosse scene with Derek Tony of Varsity Sports Network. Now, I've known Derek for almost 10 years now, and nobody covers the Baltimore area better than the crew at VSN. They've covered all the sports for over a decade now, so I knew I had to reach out to them to get the information on the Baltimore lacrosse scene, specifically the Maryland Interscholastic Athletic Association, better known as the MIAA. We did this for the sake of time, just to make sure we could cover that one conference in depth. Uh, We do touch on the B Conference, and some of the area public school programs, so everything else isn't totally ignored, but the MIAA A Conference does get the bulk of the discussion here. Now, if you want the definitive teams and players to watch in Baltimore, this is your podcast. Plus, you get the bonus of you get to tell Derek and I how wrong we are when you get to the section where we make our picks for the MIAA A Conference champion. So that's that's always a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> it uh, goes with the territory. You always kind of expect it to be coming. So before we get into the podcast, be sure to go follow uh, Varsity Sports Network. They are on Twitter at VSN underscore publisher. And you can find them at VarsitySportsNetwork.com. As usual, all the links are in the show notes and on LaxRecords.com podcast slash podcast. Sorry about that. Before we get into it, also be sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Lax Records and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Lax Records. As usual, all links are in the show notes. So on to the show. I'm here with Derek Tony of Varsity Sports Network, and today we're going to dig in a little bit into the MIAA A Conference teams. And uh, so without further ado, Derek, let's just uh, let's just go ahead and get right into it, man. Um, like, right, no problem. Last year, McDonough had a... Uh, had a pretty terrific year, winning it all. Um, you know, are, are they going to do it again? I'm sure that's the question everybody wants to know. <laughs> yeah, well, um, they had a great year last year. They won the title. I think it was the first one since the early 2000s, and they ran the table, um, which is hard. I mean, MIA is the toughest league in the country, and, yeah. you know, th- there's a 30-day win. I say 31-day window between – first regular season league game to the championship game, which is, uh, which will be again, I think this year will be at Hopkins. And for those, you know, four weeks, it's, it's just intense. It's just every game, every game matters. And it, you know, every game matters, the, the coaching, the players, and, and you know, what makes the MIA such, such a great league is that, you know, the it, the games are intense. It's physical, um, but the players, you know, they grow up together. I mean, they come up together through the rec leagues, the club leagues. I mean, there's a there's a, a a true appreciation, even though those games are you know drag down, knock down fights all the way. So um, again, the nation's best league, and you know, McDonald running the table, and they're the favorite, and the b- biggest reason. Um, you know, defensively, um, Brandon Shore, a long stick that's going to Hopkins, uh, Signaris, he's already, uh, he's going to go to Duke. And then uh, B.J. Farrar, who's, um, 
who's about five eight, a little short kid, but man, just as is as tenacious as a long stick mm-hmm. player I've seen in a few years. Um, he's only a junior. He was an All MIA Conference pick last year, so they're strong in the back, and that's where it starts at. Um, they did lose um, their uh, their goalie when he graduated, but again, when you have a you know you have three veteran long sticks, and there's enough talent coming back that I think McDonald will be able to you know be able to figure it out. Um, they had they graduated Jackson Moore, who was our who was the consensus player of the year in the area, um, but they have so much talent coming back. You have kids like Chris Wilson. Um, Andrew Hurdle is a midfielder. Jack Parr is an attack. He's a senior. Those are going to be the the, the veterans right. for uh, Andy Bill Gardner. Now the trick is, no team has repeated as MIA a conference champion since um, the late two, uh, around 2000. I think Loyola with uh, Steel Stanwick. Uh, went back-to-back, I think I want to say 2008 and 2007 and 2008, they went back-to-back. No team has gone back-to-back. So history is against, you know, is against McDonough. And then, of course, you got the other eight or nine teams in the league that wants to knock McDonough off. And probably the two top contenders to the, to uh, McDonough's throne is Boys Latin, um, who they beat last year. Mm-hmm. Your game after playing a tremendous overtime game at McDonough. Uh, McDonough was down, I think, four goals in the fourth quarter and came back and forced overtime and then won. And then um, McDonough, you know, won the championship game last year. But uh, BL brings back a lot of talent. Uh, Jake Glass uh, is, part, is widely regarded as the best faceoff man in the league. He's going to come in at Penn State. Also with uh, another attacking Greg uh, Greg E E I'm probably pronounce it I Greg I E Y E Y yeah E Y yeah Luke Schilling he's going to Johns Hopkins Kobe Russell's going High Point um, Appleton Towson is um, Towson is going to, to Mount St Mary's he did lose Jack Bazula who's uh, in, in the goal who's uh, at North Carolina but. Uh, they feel pretty confident that Chris Brandau will uh, fill the void. Then you go over to Calvert Hall. They probably have maybe the league's best player, arguably, in T.J. Bugosi attacking who's going to Ohio State. 46 goals, 8 assists as a junior. They have a lot of offensive weapons. You talk about a guy like Jacob Kelly, who's part of the the long line of, of Kelly standouts at Calvert oh, Hall. Uh, another Kelly at Calvert Hall. <laughs> I mean, they, they did this, it's like a conveyor belt. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's conveyor belt. Brian Kelly's been there for, he's the, and I always joke Brian after uh, Bobby Shriver retired um, a couple of years ago. And I was like, Brian, you are the elder statesman in MIA. I think this is his, uh, either his 19th or 20th year at his alma mater, and he won a national championship back in 87 at North Carolina and, you know, the family tree has always ended up at uh, North Carolina. Bones Kelly, who was our player of the year 
uh, four years ago. He helped them win a national championship last year. So, the, you know, there's always going to be – there's as long as Brian Kelly's on the sideline, there's going to be a Kelly playing. In <laughs> and and um, they also have uh, Zach Green and Brendan Curry. He's uh, committed to Syracuse. And uh, at midfield, they have this – Omari DeBerry, who may be, um, maybe pound for pound the most talented player okay. in the A conference, and that's saying a lot because there's a lot of good players. But I mean, as far as just athletic and as skilled as any any player in the in the league, I mean, he could be very special. I mean, his upside is is like off the charts, and he's already uh, he's going to be playing at Ohio State. The only question with uh, Calvert Hall is, you know, they did lose their goalie who's uh, at Boston, uh, Boston University. Mm-hmm. Who, I thought was, who I thought was very good. And I thought, you know, I thought Boston University was kind of, you know, kind of low for him. But um, he's graduated. But they do have uh, George Wells as a long stick back to kind of hold the defense down. And so they kind of figure it out. You know, they're, the thing with Calvert Hall, they have a lot of offensive talent. They just, and from what I've seen from the last couple of years, you know, they 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 can score. But when they kind of run up against bigger, a little more physical teams, they haven't been able to kind of be able to, to, to free up and be creative. So, um, if they can, you know, be able to get a little, they they have gotten stronger. They've gotten a little more mature. They can win it. They have the offensive proudness that they they can score with with anybody in the country mm-hmm. and then you know you look on the others on the other teams that can contend you got Loyola um Kobe Smith defender he's going to Navy he's probably he's regarded as a top 100 player Jake Stout is going to Towson uh a goalie he's another top 100 top 100 player Ben Rubidor came, a former star there, and also American at Virginia. He took over last year, and they made the tournament. They lost to McDonough in the, in the semi. Actually, was was pretty much dominated mm-hmm. in the semifinals. So they're going to be motivated. Phil White Weiss is uh, going to Towson. They could be sneaky good. They could be under the radar. They or they're faster, quick. They can uh, definitely you know, be able to defend and score. But the only problem is they face off. They they don't have a true face off person, which is the biggest thing, you know, if you don't win the face off, you don't get possessions. Right. It's gonna be hard to win. So mm-hmm. and then you <coughs> excuse me. Mm-hmm. The team that uh kind of kinda of had a breakthrough year last year, kinda of make kinda of came back into the MIA playoff fold with Severin. They uh beat Saint Paul's in the first round and then Lost to Boys Latin in the semifinals. Um, Michael Lehman, the attackman, is going to pin. He was an All MIA conference player last year. He's another consensus like top 100 player. And then um, at midfield, you got Charlie Omort, who's going <coughs> to excuse me again. Um, he's he's an Ivy League player. And then you got um, um, Jacob Mandish, a deep uh, long stick going going to Navy. They could be a team that could. Uh, you know, maybe the fourth best team or could challenge for that top, uh, a top three spot in the league. Okay. And then you also have a uh, St. Paul's, and this is the swan song 
for Rick Ricardo, one of the, you know, I talked to him a few weeks ago and I was joking him. I was like, you know what, coach, you're going to, you're going to do your farewell tour. And one of the schools is going to give you like a burnt out couch as a, uh, going away given he uh, laughed <laughs> but um one of the great guys i mean rick kind of one of the classiest guys i've ever dealt with in my 20 years of you know covering just covering sports and uh you know he decided to step down last year trey witty mm-hmm. one of his uh one of the first players he coached at st paul's he is going to take over witty is actually um is at mcdonough school right now as an assistant so mm-hmm. Which is going to be making his way over there to uh, St. Paul's next year. But um, St. Paul's has one of the nation's best goalies in Alex Rowe. He's already um, signed and signed to play for the University of Virginia. Then you have uh, Kyle DiPietro, who's on the second, who's on the second midfield line, but he's going to go to to uh, Johns Hopkins. The uh, pair of brothers is going to Towson, Carson and Raleigh uh, Yeager. They're also part of uh, part of the of a strong midfield with uh, Chris Cabral, who's uh, going to UVA, and then at faceoff, Brendan Chashern, he's going to Air Force. He's probably the second best faceoff guy behind um, Jake Glass at BL. So um, St. Paul should be a playoff team, um, along with uh, Loyola, McDonough, um, Calvert Hall. Severin, McDonough, and BL. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of look at the rest of the league, who's bringing up the rear, you know, Gilman, which when I started covering the league, they had came off of winning like two or three MIA titles. Right. Had a rough year last year. They should be much improved. Um, Reed Osler, is already, um, he's already committed to Maryland. He's one of the better, better players in the league. St. Mary's won the league title back in two, um, in 2015 mm-hmm. under Ben Rubidor, um, that- a senior team that was kind of ready to break through, and they did. But um, last year, um, just had a rough year. Um, I think they may have won one, one or two games in the league. And, but Coach Victor Lilly thinks they're going to be much improved. They um, have a transfer in, who, um, Jack Burnett, who Barber Mike, Starred at St. Mary's, I guess, 20 years ago and played at Hopkins. They recently returned to the area. So, um, and uh, the son Jack is an attack when he's really going to Hopkins. So they're going to be much improved. And another team to kind of keep an eye on is um, Spalding. They have an attackman, uh, Brick Bosha, who's going to UMBC, and um, Coach Phipps, Brian Phipps has uh, really, really, really has put in a lot of energy and has brought a, kind of a new uh, a new vibe to Spalding. And, you know, they're starting to get some of the, you know, they're starting to attract some of the better players in Anne Arundel County. You know, it's the toughest thing with, you know, with Spalding and, and Severn and St. Mary's. They're outside of the, you know, the proverbial, you know, magic line with <laughs> right. the Taos. Yeah, there were BL and and Loyola and and Calvert Hall. I guess the I guess you could say the the quote unquote tobacco road <laughs> of uh, Baltimore, right. Baltimore lacrosse. But um, they're making they're making some inroads. I don't know if there if St. Mary's are 
Spalding will be playoff teams and and going in Gilman, but I think they're going to be much improved, Mike. Okay. Um, I guess we might as well finish it off. What about Mount St. Joe's? Well, um, much much improved. Steve Berger, um, again another high energy guy. He is mm-hmm. he is definitely has left to put a, a positive mark on St. Joe. Big big loss during the um, off season. Uh, Bry- uh, Bryson Shaw, their talented uh, midfield attackman, he uh, transferred from St. Joe to Bullis. So. Um, that will probably put them back a step. They've been kind of on the cusp of trying to get into the playoffs, and they and I and I guess they had a lot of eggs in the basket that Bryson Shaw would be the guy that can help them to get there. Now with him gone, they're gonna I guess maybe kind of scramble and try to make the best of it. I don't think they're a playoff team, but again, they'll be competitive. There are they are kind of the the lunch pail sort of the the lunch pail team of the MIA you know they don't have they don't have those blue blood lacrosse players that the Loyola's and the Calvert Hall's and the BL gets but mm-hmm. these are you know gritty kids and they'll be competitive I just don't think you know they'll just fall short because I mean the key is to get in the playoffs six teams get in the top six yeah get in so if you're that that second tier trying to scratch you got to beat the teams in that second. You got to beat the teams in that second tier, and then you have to figure out a way to beat one of the. Got to pull off that up. The top. Yeah, yeah, you got to pull up one or two upsets, and and I actually think uh, Mount St. Joe did that a few years ago, and they did, you know, I think they beat a, you know, I think they beat St. Paul's, and I think they beat another team, but somehow they stumbled against. I think Gilman, which was again going, starting to you know go through their little small down cycle, and they missed the playoffs. So, and that's the thing, uh, Mike. You know, the, the the margin of error in this in the MIA is just so thin. It, it really is so thin. So it's so crazy because I mean, you think everybody, you know, the MIA season. I mean, they start early March, you know, mid to early March, but the actual conference schedule generally doesn't start until April and it's really only like two or three weeks long. Like it's really the conference season's really not that long and they take a beating. And I mean most of those teams like the McDonough's Boys Latin, like it's not like they're taking it easy and they're you know, in the at that first half of the schedule either. I mean they go out and they play some heavy hitters. So, you know, they're they're pretty well prepared, you know, either prepared or pretty well beat up by the time they actually get to the conference schedule, which is a little insane when you think about it. Um but yeah, I mean, I think that's like you say, yeah, prepared in and you know and beat up. You know, you look at BL. You know, they they play St. Andrews, which is probably the top team in Florida. They actually will play in a couple of weeks. Then um, Haverford, they play them on fourth um, of April. St. Anthony's out of New York, they play on the twelfth. That that'll be their last non league game before they all open it and they open against then they open MIA play against against Severn and then you have McDonough. Their non league is, is just brutal. They play um Holland Park, which is arguably the top team in Texas. They also play game of Haverford School, showing out out of New York. Mm-hmm. On the twenty ninth they have a big matchup with um Over Academy. Over Academy out of Indiana and then follow that with Bullets, which was the team that only team to beat them. <laughs> team to beat them and I mean they win that game now I mean it, probably cost them the national you know the consensus national title last year so yeah. um lead up to the mia these you know the they play a they play a rugged 
rugged non-league schedule, and then they just roll into MIA play, and it's just as rugged. I mean, there's just no no easy games. Yeah. No easy games. And, I mean, you look at – I'm looking at their McDonough schedule now. I mean, even – they play Cardinal Gibbons, which has won the last three. Um, they won three A championships in North Carolina three years ago, and then they won the back-to-back four A's. And, you know, they also play Gonzaga out of the Washington Catholic Athletic Conference, which I think is the eight-time champion. So, you know, and then they play New Canaan out of Connecticut, which is another champion. I mean, it's just – they're ske- – Right. They play the conference schedule. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, and after all that, and after all that, yeah. Then you go through the ringer. <laughs> at that, you know, they, they got to play a string of like, you know, at Calvert Hall, at Severn, at Boys Latin. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah a, good luck with that. Uh, I, don't, I don't think you can, you, you'll find three tougher road games. Any team in the country, I don't think you're going to find three tougher road games. And that's what McDonough faces this year. Yeah. They play because it's, um, it's a ten-team league, so everybody plays each other. So it's nine league games, and McDonough now had five home games last year. This year they have five road games, yeah. and, and, and of course that three-game stretch to open the season. So, but, all on the road. Yeah, yeah, they got you know, and what, one thing because you kind of mentioned a lot of the the players. One thing I'm kind of noticing is, and you kind of touched on a little bit earlier when you're talking about Coach Kelly kind of being the elder statesman, you know. Right now, you know, when, when Coach Mercado, when he retires this year, I mean, almost, what is it, almost all the top teams, with the exception of Calvert Hall, I mean, Andy Hillgartner, he's been there since, what, 2009, I believe, 2008? Yeah, nine, nine, eight or nine, yeah. He's going to be one of the elders because, you know, obviously, Brian Farrell took over for Bob Shriver, you know, Ben Rubio, I mean, I guess he's been in the conference for a while, but he, this is only his second year at Loyola, uh, James McNeely at, at Severn, like, he was their coach back in the day, but he's back in his his second year. Right, second Burgers second tour. Yeah, and Joe's for a few years. I think it's the third year, and I think Burgers. This is his third year, maybe third or fourth. I mean, very quickly, the MIA coaching staff has really gotten gotten really. I mean, I'll throw McNeely in there. I know, I know he was the old. He was there for a while, but it's gotten really young, really fast. Like a lot of you know, Bob Shriver's Bracados. You know, all those guys have kind. Of, I mean, I guess. Bruce Brooks Matthews, he's been at Gilman for a while. So, I mean, you still got a few of them, but, I mean, the teams that have been in competition uh, most recently yeah. have new head coaches. And I find that very interesting because, I mean, you, you know, a lot of times when you see new head coaches take over, sometimes teams stumble, but that doesn't – I mean, obviously Brian Farrell took over at Boys Latin and took them right back to the championship game. Like, they didn't miss a beat. So, I'll be interested to see yeah, what yeah. second year now that, you know, he's got second year. I'm sure he's got a better grasp. And same with uh, – Rubio at Loyola, I mean, he's in his second year at Loyola. And, I mean, we saw what he did at St. Mary's um, a couple years, what's, I guess three years ago now when he took them to the championship game. So it's an it's become a, you know, not that it wasn't interesting before, but just with the young guys, you kind of got a little bit of a mix of these fresh coaches. Young, yeah, young, grizzle with vets. The, young, with the, young with the grizzle, grizzle vets. Yeah, so it's been, I you know, I think that's just going to be interesting. Like you said, I mean, not since Loyola has a team won back to back, and I think we've even touched on a little bit of why that is. When you look at the schedules that these teams play, that it's tough. They put themselves through the ringer, and I mean they're ready. And I mean I, I think that's a perfect reasoning as to why they get tons and tons of guys that end up going to play at Division One and level. And a lot of those guys play early because they've been there, they've done it. By the time they get to college, just, just look at the, the yeah. I mean. The league is just is is just in 
incredible, just a talent. Just a talent that they produce year in and year out and 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 I and I think, you know, as and, you know, I think the the the, the impressive thing of MIA is how it's helped, you know, expand the sport. I mean you know, the world is flat now when it comes to lacrosse because, like you said, you know, you got Highland Park out of Texas. You got, um, you know, here's Culver Academy out of Indiana. Um, Sandy Glaciers out of California. You got those West Coast teams. You mm-hmm. got you got getting West Coast kids getting big time scholarships to come east to play. Mm-hmm. You know, so the sport has really exploded, and I think the MIA has kind of has helped. You know kind of broaden the sport across the country well one thing i've noticed is like it's not i mean and you touched on a little bit earlier is it's not these teams like mcdonough's going down to north carolina they're going to play in this brian uh king of spring tournament um down in raleigh my actually my old my old stomping grounds where i where i grew up and i mean they're going to play um you know i mentioned cardinal gibbons which is one of the defending state champion out of north carolina they're playing highland park top teams in in uh, Texas, they're playing Durham Academy, which Coach John Lancey's he's one of the hosts of the the tournament. And you know, Durham Academy's always they're very stout defensively. They're always a very competitive team, and they got a couple defenders going going D one this year. I'm sure they'll be a very competitive game. So you know, and you mentioned Boys Latin, they're going down. They're playing Oxbridge Academy, which is kind of an up and coming program out of Florida. They're playing uh, St Andrews. Historically, they've um, also played. Uh, Lake Highland Prep, which is another one of the powers down in Florida, so right, right. out of state, and they play these other teams. So I think that's you know, it's shown you know, like I think you you mentioned it. So it's it's broadened the sport. People have gotten to see these talented players, you know, when they're still in high school, and you know, kind of show you know, almost take the game on tour. You know, they get to go out and show. Yeah. Them. This is this is Baltimore lacrosse. This is this is, this is how we do. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah, yeah, and then, and then you see the connections. You know, you see that Baltimore connections with these programs that are kind of budding. You know, you look at a, you know, look at a, you know, St. Andrews. Um, you know, Tony Seaman, the former coach at Towson and and Hopkins, and who you know started out in the, I think the New York, you know, Long Island League mm-hmm. thirty years ago. Now he's down there. Um, you know. Tony Seaman has, believe me, Tony Seaman has forgotten more lacrosse than I'll ever know. So, exactly. You know, you got coaches like that, and you got guys with connections to, you know, MIA and, you know, playing at the big national levels, the, the power programs like the Hopkins, the Syracuse, the Carolinas. You know, yeah. they're spreading their seed across the country. I mean, you know, just looking at the Under Armour event that they have at Towson every, uh, every July and just – you know, I was just just in awe of just the teams from out west, the teams from New England. I mean, the teams, the Midwest teams, the Ohio teams. I mean, like I said, man, this sport, the sport of lacrosse, has really exploded the last five to six years. It is, yeah. uh, you know, events like the Under Armour, you know, Summer Weekend, and um, and Hill Gardner and Bob Schreiber. They have a, the national. Um, High school showcase up over in Columbia, Maryland, and that has become a, a another big um, off-season event. I mean, just see the sport just getting you know bigger and bigger. Yeah. Um, so, kind of touched on some of the teams, some of the coaches, and 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 players. So, I, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. Um, who who do you think is going to win it all this year? Like, oh boy. Uh, <laughs> 
Oh, wow. Uh, I will go, well, I'll say, let's go to public leagues. Um, probably the best public league would probably be Severna Park again in um, Class 43A. They won it last year. Um, they have a great nucleus back. Uh, Cullen Joyce, the top um, long stick is back. Um, Taylor Pescork, I'm sorry, I'm probably pronouncing his name wrong. Um, he had a team high 56 goals last year. He's back. Um, Steven Sinelli, uh, also an attackman. He had 38 goals and 17 assists. He's back. He's already committed to um, UNBC along with um, Tyler Ward. Um, they'll probably be the best team in 4A3A. They probably the the, the, the Probably the biggest threat to their crown will be Howard, who won the title back in uh, 2015. And actually, those two teams will meet um, on April 19th. Um, they they are in adjacent counties, which is Savannah Park is in Arundel County, Howard is in Howard County. And um, I think last year, the, the two jurisdictions decided to play. Well, let's just our, let's have our best teams play each other the you know the hope you know get us ready right for for the playoffs so this could be a, a state championship preview right there on the 19th and Serena Park will will go to Howard uh, um Serena Park only I think only lost last year was to to Severin which made the MIA semifinals so I I like Serena Park in 43A 3A 2A I uh, Linganore out of Frederick County won it last year. They beat Hereford. I think Hereford may be due to get back. They had rent one a ridiculous number of championships in a row. I want to say at least six or seven. And they lost in the finals in 2015. And then they lost in the semifinals in 2016. I, I would say I'll go with Hereford in 3A, 2A. Okay. And then in 2A1A, I just think Falston again would get it done. They beat Liberty last year, which was Liberty was a chainsaw, just running through everything. And Falston put together a just a defensive, a defensive showcase and just shut down Liberty to win the 2A1A. I think they'll repeat. They have a lot of experience back. Um, they probably have one of the better players in the Baltimore area. And um, Attackman uh, Dylan Wolf. Okay. Um, um, MIA a B conference. Um, John Carroll has uh, has taken off the last couple of years on the Brian um, Brian King. Who you Brian King. Yeah. I'm going to say Brian Kelly. I'm like, oh no, I'm getting my coaches mixed up. Yeah. Uh, Brian King, who was at who was at who Here. was at Hereford, who you know who during that run of six or seven straight championships. Um, yeah, I think they'll three-peat in B-Conference. And A-Conference, I will say the streak will continue and there will be a new champion, and that team will be the Calvin Hall Cardinals. Calvin Hall, okay. I thought you were going to go – I, I, I thought you were going to say boys Latin because – you know, for... No, I'm going to go Calvin Hall. I think they've been scratching on the knocking at the door the last couple of years. I think they'll 
I think they'll get it together, and I think they'll find a way, you know, be uh, hoisting the trophy at uh, Johns Hopkins and uh, the Thursday before Memorial Day. That's another thing. The, the championships usually have been on the Friday before Memorial Day, but they are – the league decided to go to a Thursday to kind of, you know, because a lot of people are trying to get out of town on Friday. So right. they decided to move the game up one a day early, so. And anybody who's ever been to that game, like I know you, you know, for anybody listening to this, Derek and I have known each other for a number of years. We covered high school football in the state. And like we've both been to that state championship game, which is usually held in Ravens Stadium. But I, I have to say, you know, and maybe it's because Towson Stadium is probably, you know, a good bit smaller than Ravens Stadium. But the crowd at that MIA game is always fantastic and they are into it. <laughs> like it is. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, and, and it was at United. United Stadium, and then he moved over back to a to a to, to Johns Hopkins, and there's not a better venue, right? Homewood at Johns Hopkins. I mean, I was just just sitting in the press box, and you know, just watching the sunset, and just watching, just looking down on the field, and I was like, this is this is lacrosse. This is the this is the make of lacrosse, and yeah. And I tell you, that MIA, that MIA championship game, um, it is all in on both both fans. Just as I said, the audience is going to be a great one again. Yeah. Yeah, I think for, for me, you know, a somewhat sentimental pick, I, you know, I, I'd like to see Ricotta go out with the title just because, I mean, St. Paul's is a legendary program. You know, in general, in the MIA, I think they have more titles than, than any other program there. And, I mean, to let Ricotta go out with one, but like you said, it's it's tough, and you know the the league's not sentimental at all. It's not it's not going to roll over for no, you. very unforgiving. Yeah, they, yeah <laughs> there, you know there, there's a uh, there's a lot of teams. I mean, I, I you know part of me I like boys Latin just because they they got there last year, and man, for them to get back, you know they've had a pretty good run. But I mean, Calvert Hall, I mean it's it, it's like it's it's hard to pick. I mean you know, and I, I think Loyola's probably got a, you know, they're a good dark horse. I mean, I think if I had to pick two dark horses, for me, it'd be easier to pick dark horses. Loyola Blakefield and St. Paul's would be my dark horses. Like the teams that, you know, right. you expect right. to get in there, you know, they're going to be in the mix. And I mean, I think, you know, probably with that same, I mean, was it, um, not St. Mary's, uh, yeah, St. Mary's a couple years ago with that run they did. And then, um, uh, actually Loyola Blakefield was it, it's, probably longer than I'd be willing to admit now at four or five years ago, whenever they beat boys Latin. When yeah. Yeah. And that was, that was crazy because they, <laughs> yeah. they were outside looking in going into the last game and they lost their, I think they lost the last three games. Yeah. They, they backed into the playoffs. They did not go in the way you would normally want. And then they just, they flipped the switch and went on. And I mean, yeah. Latin was consensus number one all year. I think they finished 19 and one that year. I think it was, uh, Shaq Stanwick's junior year, and I mean, yeah, yeah, yep. and they got out, and they got out to a six-zero lead. It was like this game is over. So you it, know, they're going to finish twenty and zero national champions, yep. and then that you know, you're standing there two hours later scratching. I was like, I do not believe Loyola. I mean, it, it may have been one of the unbelievable turnarounds I've seen this because that boys' Latin team was. It was it was almost like it's like going over Georgetown '84. That's how good that boys Latin team was. I mean, uh, like I said, that was a uh, Shaq Sandwich junior year, and he was our player of the year. Yeah, they were awesome. They were a freight train, and like I said, they got up six nothing. 
I'm like thinking there's no way Loyola's going to come back. And Loyola just just kept fighting, kept fighting, and they got it done. And and I think that's the great thing about this league, man. You know, like I said, these guys, the kids in this league, they know each other. They grew up together. Um, it's something. It's 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 almost like uh, the little commercial. I don't know if you've seen it with the SEC where the woman says it's, it just means more. It it does. And in MIA, it just means a little bit more. I mean, like I said, those that 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 four week window between mid mid April to to uh, Memorial Day weekend, it just means more. It just does. Yeah. And I mean, there's I, like I think those two examples are probably the perfect reason why it's like you know, I mean, McDonough's loaded boys Latin, like you got all these teams that are loaded, and yet you still like I mean, you could dominate for I mean, I think it that Loyola boys Latin game is perfect. You can dominate for most of the season. If you can get hot at those last three games of the year, the the regular season doesn't mean a whole whole heck of a lot at that point in time. Right. You, right. You yep. can, so if you get yep. the playoffs. You can wreck havoc, and I mean, a couple couple wins, and then all of a sudden, it's like, all right, you know, whatever people thought you were doing in the regular season doesn't matter anymore. We're starting anew, so it's it's. I think that's what makes it probably the most exciting league, uh, in in the country. I mean, I can't think of another one. I mean, I know a lot of the Long Island guys would will we'll debate it, and it'll be a debate that goes on for <laughs> for long after we're gone. But I mean, for as far as a conference, yeah, and, and in such close proximity, I mean. You you can almost throw a rock from from Boys Latin to Gilman and uh, and all those places and it's just yeah, it's fun it's fun you know it's part of the reason I like I li- I miss living in the Maryland area just because you know you can drive down you know as you know you can drive down on a you know Tuesday and Thursday afternoon and you can watch some of the best lacrosse players in the country play in high school yeah and you know you'll you'll see yeah. twenty twenty five future Division one players you know. And one thing, one, one, yeah. one, one game. <laughs> I'm gonna be riding the bench because there's a guy sitting ahead of him. Yeah, that, yeah, <laughs> that's how that's how deep the league is. I mean, you got like I said, I got the kids. In, you know, St. Paul's. He's going to um, Johns Hopkins, um, and he's he runs second midfield. Like, really? Yeah. That's how deep the league. That's how that's how much the, the talent pool is. That's how deep the talent pool is. And um. MIA, it's 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 really awesome, man. I, you know, people probably say, "Oh, guy, all this MIA law gag me," but no, it's until it's, you see it, it's unbelievable. You know, it's just it's just really unbelievable. Yeah, I think you can't you can't say anything until you've actually seen it played at at that level. It's like, yeah, you might be like, well, if I think if people are listening at this point, they you know, <laughs> they're probably happy to hear hear more of it. If nothing, you know, maybe they're listening to this so they can tell us how wrong we are later. But <laughs> it, right, right. Um, yeah, Derek. You know, uh, first you know, you can find Derek writes for Varsity Sports Network, which is uh, varsitysportsnetwork.com. You can find him on Twitter at mm-hmm. V publisher um anywhere else they can find you guys facebook uh instagram any other places like that, that yeah are- yeah we're on facebook just type in varsity sports network.com um we're the we like to think of ourselves as the official high school sports website for the baltimore area uh we cover it all lacrosse yeah. basketball softball baseball um and it's been a labor of love for me and um gary adonado we've been doing it since uh 2000, 2010.